This week, Comics in Motion has an excellent offer exclusively for our listeners. TKO Comics is revolutionizing the comic industry. They have creator-owned series from heavy hitters like Garth Ennis, Jeff Lemire, Joshua Desart, Roxanne Gay, and many more. If you go to tkopresents.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the code motion20 at checkout, you'll receive a 20% discount exclusively for Comics in Motion listeners. That's tkopresent.com slash discount slash motion20 and use the promo code motion20. Happy reading. series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two now this week i was very excited i'm I'm recording this after the interview so i'm gonna ramble here it's not the traditional tight intro uh my my guest is david coles who is a graphic artist and an all-around amazing talented guy i was honored that he would spend some time with me um, to discuss his career as an illustrator and as an artist, but mostly the Escape Team comic that he did uh, for They Might Be Giants. So the Escape Team is a comic book that coincided with an album. We talk about it in depth in the interview. It's great. But I just want to give you a little bit of background about David. So he's from Rochester, New York. Uh, he is a professor at uh, of ceramics at the Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, here's the coolest thing. So. His work has appeared in Entertainment Weekly, Rolling Stone, Vibe, Time, Newsweek, Playboy, People, The Village Voice, Money Worth, Fortune, Fast Company, Los Angeles Magazine, New York Magazine, Boston Globe, Chicago Tribune, New York Times, The New Republic, Vanity Fair, and he's talking to me on this show. What is going on? So I can't thank Dave enough for giving me his time. I hope you enjoy the show. David Coles, thanks for joining Indie Comic Spotlight. Well, thank you, and thanks for saying my last name right. I probably, yeah. <laughs> edit edit is magic. So, um, so before we get into the reason you're on this, which is they might be Giants Escape Team comic slash concept album slash video collection, um, because this is a comic book based show and you are a visual artist, is that I guess I'd like to hear kind of your comic book origin story and how you got into comics. Like, what kind of comics did you grow up on? And then, you know, talk about how you became an artist. I believe your bio says that you've been a caricaturist since you were born, which is amazing that you could do that. Your yeah. parents must have been like, we are selling him out. We are renting him out. We've got a two-year-old who's doing caricatures. So what's kind of your comic book origin story and how did you, um, you know, get into this as a profession? Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I, I was aware of comics at a young age. I had like some comics floating around. Um, and then oddly, like sort of in my uh, junior high years, I was I was quite into like the Harvey comics for some reason. Oh, sure. Like Sad Sack and Richie Rich and stuff like that. And yeah. I think some of that may have been just because it was closer to comic strips, which I was very into. Um, but then somewhere around, you know, when I was going into high school or something, I started really getting into the superhero comics again. And some of that had to do with... I think it was the first comic book store that opened up in Rochester where I grew up and it was opened up by a, a guy who was, who worked with my sister and oh, nice. she had told me about it. 
And so we went over to look at it. And from that point on, every Saturday, pretty much, I would, I would mow the lawn for $5 and then get my dad to take me and my neighbors over to the comic book store. And, and we got in deep and we started collecting, you know, like according to certain artists, basically. You know, like, uh, you know, Jack Kirby was big. John Buscema was a huge one for me. You know, we somehow we got our hands on a book that would tell us all the comic books that those artists had illustrated up to that point. That's amazing. I know. This was like... Free internet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was like mid-70s, probably, I think this was happening. Yeah, so we had like a literal book that we'd go through and kind of check up, and then we would go over and, and, you know, the guys were kind of grumpy because they were a bunch of, like, kids. And, you know, we'd say, can I get that box down? To yeah, to- rifle through the quarter bins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So I was very heavily into them, you know, for for that stretch. Um, it kind of it kind of died off around when I started actually working as, a, as an illustrator. Um, but then I, you know, had a son. And so at one point I started, you know, sharing it with him a bit. Uh, his name is uh, Clayton Coles, and he's actually a uh, pretty famous comic book letterer now. Yeah, no, actually, I yes, I know that name. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my son. No way. That yep. is, well, we'll talk more about that, because I've actually, I've, I've had some guests on where we've talked about the, um, the hard work that our letterers uh, do, and that um, if they're doing a great job, you don't actually know that they're there. Right, right. Yeah, and I didn't, yeah, I mean, there were some things that surprised me about the craft of lettering. Um, he he came in one time, but I, I teach illustration and storyboarding uh, at a uh, college here in town. And one time I had him in and to kind of like talk to the students about about the art of it. And I was just sort of like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, he, I see his name all over the place. Yeah, he's very, very busy. Yeah, very in demand. And uh, yeah, very proud of him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, and when you're, when you're good at that, again, it, and it is, it's such an interesting craft because it's um, a lot of the, like the best work is really kind of hand done still. Mm. But that is so time consuming and right. I can't imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's doing, he's working in Illustrator, but he's, yeah, he, He's very, very careful about, you know, where the balloons go and what order they read in and all that stuff. And again, it seems kind of obvious when you say it, but it just never occurred to me, you know. That's amazing. All those years, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so does he, so because he works in the industry, then you obviously, you read the comics that he's part of then? No. No. No, I mean, of some, you know, if he like yeah. kind of really points out one and said, this is a really a cool one I'm working on now, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at those. But generally, like, you know, it's, he's doing, he does so many that it's, yeah, it's hard right. to keep yeah. up with sort of, you know. Sure. Yeah. Because you'd be like, I've got to work too. I can't just sit and read, read comics all day. Exactly. That's exactly. cool. And I will say what I was, what I was, you know, coming up in, especially like in the superhero thing, I would barely read them. Like I would mostly just sort of look at the pictures and yeah, and you know, you got the gist of the story generally. Yeah. If if it's done well. well and that, that Kirby stuff, uh, like the fourth world Kirby stuff, there's that's that was pretty word heavy stuff, but um but because he did such a good job with faces and body language, you know, you're like, Oh, Granny Goodness is pissed here, so you didn't have to right. worry. <laughs> you always yeah. knew. Yeah. I mean you could always check back in to find right. out. 
you know, so if you're a little bit lost, but mostly it's just sure. like, oh, he's going to punch that guy. All right. Right. Yeah. I bet you Scott Free is going to get away. Yeah, that's true. Nice. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. And so, and so you uh, do all kinds of stuff. You call yourself an illustrator, not an artist. I like, so that's, I would like to talk about that language okay. for just a second. So for sure. me, as someone who is a writing teacher, I, I don't, to me, so words matter. Um, why, why is that? Why do you consider yourself an illustrator and not an artist? Like in the comic book world, it's like art by, and we, they say right. art. Um, right. So that's what kind of where my head is. So what, why, what's the difference for you? I guess illustrator was more descriptive of the particular job. Um, also, I found, especially when I was starting out, uh, you know, doing illustration, that there was sort of a, a certain snobbiness in the fine art world where they, they weren't really on board with considering illustrators to be part of the same group as the fine artists. Oh. oh. You know, and so I would kind of double down on that because like, yes, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, for sure. We didn't want to be part of that anyway. We're actually trying to tell a story here and stuff. So, you know, and it, you know, finding illustration for me was very helpful you know, because I've been doing art my whole life. You know, I, I grew up drawing monsters or superheroes or, you know, all that stuff, you know, forever. But, you know, I'd, especially in my teen years, I would find that I would start working on something and get to a certain point on it. And then they, I'll come back to that tomorrow. They never would. Like, it would just be like, eh, I'm going to go on to something else now. Where with illustration, there was somebody waiting for it to get done, sort of. Like, there was a reason to, to go ahead and, and finish that thing up. So for me, that kind of helped when it wasn't just, I wasn't, you know, the only one who was waiting for the final thing. You know, there was somebody else who kind of was depending on it. Right, so, yeah, setting a, setting a deadline and kind of, but you're, you're a freelancer and you've been a freelancer for, since the 90s, so. Yeah, um, the 80s actually, yeah. Since the 80s, wow. Okay, so, so with that though, um, that's a lot of de deadlines to juggle um, for you, I'd imagine. How do you, you know, do you, do you, I guess, how do you keep that balance? How do you like look at, I mean, for those of you, this is a podcast, so, but I'm looking at, at David and his background is this amazing um, fantasy world that he's drawn. So in the world where you're drawing that, where you're living like that and kind of living in a room with broken clocks, how do you, how do you keep all those balls juggled? I mean, you, you are a director and we'll talk about that because you've directed a lot of uh, videos and stuff. So, um, you know, what's that like for you being a freelancer in that way? Well, first of all, the drawing behind me, I didn't do this. Oh, one. you didn't do? Oh, okay. I didn't okay. do this one, yeah. This was actually done by uh, a woman, Cassandra uh, Howden, or Heller, sorry. Oh, okay. Fair enough. The, um, who actually did, I had, I had done a cartoon with my daughter for Frederator called Boots, and Cassandra did the, um, all the backgrounds for us. So nice. this is one of her backgrounds. It's about it's a cat, kind of a kind of a hoarder, so they can see that's that's kind of going on it. in the background. Yeah, <laughs> slightly based on me, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I definitely have had to deal with deadlines for most of my career, um, and some of that came from my first real art job I got was I started freelancing at the local newspaper in town here, which is called the Democrat Chronicle, and that. I didn't really go to college for art. Like I, I, I went to, a, there was like a one year school they had in town here. There was like nuts and bolts, things about becoming graphic designer stuff. 
So I went to that, but then, yeah, I got the freelance job at, at the newspaper, which was, they, they called it full-time freelancer, meaning, you know, you were kind of working a full shift, but you weren't getting benefits and stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, grew, I came up through the adjunct teaching rank, so I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, which is, in some ways, it's good because you don't have to go to meetings and stuff, but yeah. For sure. Um, but that, you know, the, it was a morning news, you know, come out in the morning, and so my shift was four to midnight when I first started there. Oh. So, you know, when I started working there, basically I would come in at four o'clock and they would say, okay, here's the illustration you're working on today. You know, so I had to have, come up with an idea, you know, sketch it out, finish it, get it, you know, shot and put on the page by nine o'clock. Wow. So that really helped me not get too into my head, you know, on, on these illustration projects because there was no time. There's no time. Right. Your head. You know, you kind of have to come up with an idea and they're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. I can make that work. And then just start <laughs> you know, on it. So, you know, and I, since then I seldom had deadlines that, that tight anymore, but you know, generally speaking, it, I, I was very deadline oriented after that. Yeah. You know, and that, that was one of the surprising things to me when I started getting into animation, you know, directing animation, was there was a point where someone, one of the animators I was working with, we weren't gonna hit our, our deadline. And they, you know, they contacted me and they said, well, you know, we're not, we're not gonna be able to hit the deadline. And it's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we're not gonna make the deadline. But, but wow, the world goes on, what happens? Yeah, <laughs> turns out it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was, and I still, but I'm still, like I would feel terrible if I have, I've yet to miss a deadline myself, you know, cause it's just, that's in your brain and the word dad is in there, you know, it, it just seems yeah. like, you should take it seriously for sure well that's it's interesting because your work is um you know looking at some of your caricatures and some of your illustrations just looking around your website and of course obviously the stuff we'll talk about with the escape team there's a lot of detail um there so is your and you said you kind of had to come up with something and be done like in five hours so so that that practice allows you to probably work pretty quickly are you coloring this yourself too Generally speaking, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I did learn to work quickly. And also I learned, I mean, when I first started working at the newspaper, not to get too, too no. illustrator heavy here. No, let's do but, it. But, you know, the style I kind of went into the newspaper with was like a cross-hatching style, which I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that is, but it's like a lot of kind of, a lot of line work and a lot of crossing the lines to kind of form tone and shape. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Mm -hmm. um, which was very time intensive. And also at the time, which would have been 1983, the printing of the newspaper was so bad that half those lines that I drew either would just kind of fill in together or disappear in the printing process. Oh no. Because they were still, you know, it, it was still such a crude process. You know, it wasn't lead plates, but it was like one step above <laughs> yeah, that. Right. Sort of. So after like a couple of those, not so much how long it took me, but just seeing the, the printed version of it, made me think like, okay, I got to rethink my style. I got to figure out how to kind of simplify and still kind of get the ideas I want to get across, but not do it in such a time consuming way. And so that's, that's always been in the back of my mind since then, really. I mean, the, you know, the caricatures you've seen of mine are mostly very simple and kind of uh, cubisty and, and, yeah. you know, and, but also like very quick. I mean, they're, they're economical in terms of, I can do them quickly, 
but also that works out economically and that that I can do them quickly. You know, I can do more of them and get paid for, you know, you know yeah. more work and stuff like that. Yeah, because there is a difference. Like your caricatures are, like you said, they cubis is exactly the word that I thought of. I was like, but, but when you look at some of your illustrations and, and the comic book stuff and some of your, uh, like the Mesopotamians video, um, there's, that's different. And so yeah. what is that switch from saying, okay, well, today I'm doing a caricature, so I'm going to do like, like here's a face, like even your own self-portrait on your webpage is really, uh, like when we were joking off air, um, when he first came out, it was just the letter D um, before he came out for his name. And really, now that you said you're like, oh, that is what I look like, but your, your self-portrait on your website, you are, it is kind of. Your head this yeah. is kind of a D. So yeah. how do you switch? Now that I think I didn't realize that either. That's funny. Yeah, I didn't either, but it's it's true. So how do you make that switch between um I'm gonna do this quick, quick, kind of quick and dirty caricature and to like a really like the one my favorite, I'm a Beatles fan too, um, because I'm a human. And so your uh Paul with the Beetle with the apple face, that's really detailed and that's totally yeah. different than than other things that I've that I've seen of yours. And so how do you make that, make that switch um, from caricatures to this kind of more graphic illustration to then ultimately right. the comic book stuff? Well, I mean, the caricature, the, the very Cubist caricature style, you know, that that's up there that you've seen is what I was mostly known for. Um, like I was doing those, I would do those once a week for Entertainment Weekly for like 15 years. I would yeah. do it in front of, the, front of the magazine. So that was what I was mostly known for was that, that kind of style. Um, and that's another thing, you know, like they would call me on a Friday and I would have to get it. This was still FedEx days before, you know, scanners and things. Yeah. So I would have to get that in the, you know, FedEx by Saturday to get, for them to get a Monday, you know, so. Whoa. Yeah. That's amazing. So I, I got, I got, I got pretty quick at those. Wow. Um, but the thing, the Paul McCartney portrait you're talking about. I was actually, well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, one of my biggest influences for the style that I work in now was uh, mm -hmm. a Mexican caricaturist from like the 20s and 30s uh, named uh, Miguel Covrubias. And he used to do a lot of stuff for Vanity Fair and things like that. And once I had seen his stuff, I think Smithsonian had a, a show of his and then I saw it in Smithsonian Magazine. A friend of mine showed it to me. And he was like, oh, that's great. I can't rip it off though, but maybe a little. I could come close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was kind of like studying his stuff and there was one thing he had done, I think for Vanity Fair, it was an article about Gloria Swanson and he had done a fake series of paintings by famous artists of Gloria Swanson, like Picasso. Oh. And uh, I'm trying to think who else there was, you know, like people who were like really big then like uh, uh, Gauguin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I always loved that idea. And so right around the time that the, 90s were going to kick in like right at the end of the 80s I started pitching to different art directors and I've never done this really for the most part you know usually I wait for them to come to me and then I do it but I pitched them the idea of doing different musicians in the styles of different famous painters and this is Magritte the McCartney one yeah 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 <laughs> exactly that was one of them um yeah and a guy at a musician magazine which doesn't exist anymore the art director there uh Pat Mitchell said yeah cool that sounds good um you know, and I could mimic to some extent, but I hadn't really done much of it. Uh, so this, once he said yes, I was like, oh, I got to paint. <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So I did a series of those. And then like the magazine printed up like a, a poster that they were calling a calendar of all the art sort of, with like a tiny calendar at the bottom. 
Um, so I would send that out to our director. So from that point on, sometimes our directors would call me and say, can we have this, can you do something in the style of, of Van Gogh or, or Dolly or something like that? So, you know, it, it really does depend on either the story, you know, or the art director specifically saying, listen, for this one, you know, we wanted to, this, this is the idea we have. You know, I've even had one where one time they sent me this old like beach movie poster and they're like, see those little line drawings in the background? Can you do stuff like that? It's like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So. That's amazing. Wow. And now actually my daughter is also an artist. Uh, oh, my daughter. You said she worked for Boots? Today. What's that? You said she did Boots? She did Boots with me, yeah. But she also does, um, in Rochester here, she does a lot of uh, album covers and gig posters for, for different local bands. And she's really, really good at, at sort of mimicking vintage styles of, of posters and things like that. And she's, she's better than I am. I, I, oh, I'm right out. I'll, I'll link to every, all your kids' stuff, too, in the show notes. What's her name? It's uh, Allison Cote, C-O-T-E, with a little thing over the E. But Okay. I'll find her, and I'll link to her stuff. Yeah, she's, yeah. She's, yeah both my kids are, are pretty amazing. That's amazing. Uh, wow. Well, you know, and it's cool um, having a dad who's an artist. It's hard for you to say, like, don't go into art, kids. <laughs> well, I never, like, I never <laughs> said yes or no. Like, I was never, I didn't discourage them. I didn't encourage them either. Um, and their their mother was also an artist as well. So it was really around Amazing. all the time. That's awesome. So that's, I mean, it, from what I heard from both kids, it was just sort of like, that's what we saw. You know? That's <laughs> what we do. Yeah. 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 My wife and I actually tried to convince our oldest daughter to go to art school and she's a, she's a special ed teacher. So oh, she's, really? doing, she's doing great work. Yeah. But she's really, she's really talented. And we were the only parents we knew who were like, you know, <laughs> the world does need special ed teachers for sure. And you'll be great at that. However, art school. Right. With you, yeah, because we were from Michigan, and so there's a really good art school in uh, Kendall Art School there. And we're like, You don't even have to go that far, you know, we don't have to go to so, but it's good. She still does stuff, she paints all the time, so you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's again, yeah, it doesn't have to be for, for a job, you know, right? Me. Yes, it can just be for fun, yeah. yeah. Obviously, your work is all fun. I mean, that's the thing is, um, uh, the, the fun energy of everything you do, um, I feel like. Um, that's probably the natural connection between you and They Might Be Giants, who I think are the most yeah. original band in the history of all the world. And I know that that seems like hyperbolic, but they did, there's what they do and the, the amount that they do, and it's all quality, um, you know, never let down by them. And so, to, and, and it's always different. And so this concept album, The Escape Team, um, I guess, well, let's back up there because you've worked, um, you worked with them before. So you did the Mesopotamians video, you did the kids stuff, the ABC's right. album, right? That I never go to work, which again, I, I said is one of my kids' favorite, <laughs> favorite pieces right. of your work. Um, <laughs> it's so fun, that's such a fun, it, I love that song too, but it's such a fun video. So how did you get to know them in the first place? And then, um, and then we'll get into Escape Team finally. So thanks for, the, thanks for allowing me to pick your brain about your craft before no, we No, I'm happy to, happy to talk about it. I appreciate it. So how did you Along, meet them in the first place? Well, let me back up a little bit too. The, uh, sure. The year was 1987. Let's go back in time. Okay. It's getting wavy. It's their first album, 1987. That's the original. Yeah. 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 Well, the, and I, like I, when I was growing up, A, cable didn't exist, really. Right. But eventually some st 
families got it, you know, like in my high school years, but I never did. Um, so then after I, you know, grew up and got married and stuff, we, we tried to get cable TV. So I, at one point I figured like I could see what this MTV thing was all about. Mm-hmm. That I've heard so much about. And mostly I wasn't super impressed with it, but then one day the don't let start video came out oh, and so I was just like, what, what <laughs> this I get this. I completely understand this. I want to, I want to be inside this video. Yeah. So somehow I think they had announced that the video was going to come on at some point. So I quickly stuck like a VHS tape, yeah. you know, Amazing. in there to, to catch it when it came on. And I did along with a little, hint for a remote control uh, uh, commercial afterwards for their show remote control. Mm-hmm. But like every morning when I got up, I would put that tape on and just watch it for inspiration. So yeah, I've been a, I've been a fan of theirs for a very long time as well. So the way I ended up meeting them and then working with them was, well, I had met, I had met like Flansburg when I had gone to concerts and stuff, but it wasn't like, you know, nothing really came up, but I was a fan yeah. and you know, he, he was nice to me. You were in line with all the other fans. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if you've seen their movie Gigantic, right, where the, yeah. the one girl's like sobbing at Tower Records because they signed. I was like, I get that. I get, I get where you're coming from, young lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the amazing thing about them, too, is somehow every, you know, college freshman class discovers them. This is before they were doing kids' albums. Yeah, so yeah. They keep regenerating their fan base over and over. And then, yeah, when they start doing the kids' stuff, too, it starts even sooner. Yeah, uh, but speaking of kid stuff, I I had gotten I'd, around 2000. I started experimenting with doing animation stuff, and I made a cartoon with my kids um, called Super Funk and Freaky D, um, which What's was kind mean? of a, yeah, it was kind of a Pete and Pete ripoff. I'll, I'll admit, oh, fair enough. Uh, but it, you know, I, I sent it around and it got me some attention and it got me an agent and stuff. And so then at one point. Um, Playhouse Disney uh, had seen one of my pitch ideas and wanted to make a, a pilot cartoon for this one uh, project I had come up with called Skitterville, which is about little bugs that live on a log and stuff. Um, so we were doing that and, you know, that was, that was progressing and it, it came along. I mean, we we're trying to figure out who's going to do the opening theme song because at that stage, this would have been 2004, maybe 2005, somewhere in there they were getting like kind of famous people to do their theme songs, kind of hip bands, including they might be giants. Yeah. And so kind of early on, they, you know, we were kind of like, well, I, you know, we can't use they might be giants because they have already done like three songs for us. And, you know, the boss will, will yell at us or something. And so, you know, I was like, okay, all right. You know, we we're trying out other people and stuff. Um, and then it just got to a point where, I just like, man, I wish we could do They Might Be Giants. <laughs> and the woman I was, I was working with, she says, well, maybe we can. Let me, let me ask, you know, let me ask my boss and check with him. And so she asked her boss and, you know, they were fine with it. So we started having phone meetings, you know, with Flansburg is basically does most of the. Uh, He's the manager of the band. Essentially. Yeah. 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 So we're having like me and then Disney were on the phone with him and, and, you know, he had seen some of the character designs I had done for it and stuff and, and, you know, really liked them, you know, and obviously I was a huge fan of his, um, you know, and I think we had maybe two phone conversations before somebody higher up said, no, we're using them too much. We're, we can't, we can't use them for this too. No such thing. 
Yeah, I know, I know. So, you know, it, you know, the email had to go out and say, listen, here's, you know, but basically both of us said, if anything comes up where it looks like we can work together, you know, it seems like we have a really, like we have a bit of a, a shared mind, you know, on a lot of this stuff. And so, you know, it, probably like six months later or something like that, it'll be occasionally sending him stuff, just, just, you know, just, oh, hey, look at this. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he contacted me about doing a video for um, one of the one, two, three songs. It was the triops video. And so I did that one. And then, um, yeah, we started working from there. And then the next one, I think I did after that one, because that one hadn't come out yet, was the Mesopotamians one. So good. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, and that one, I mean, you know, you were talking about the different styles as well, too. Like the triops one was just kind of the style I was sort of working in at the time. Um, but for Mesopotamians, he was talking about a project he, you know, the band had worked on. It was a, a, a animated project. And he was talking about how he thought between the stages of the storyboard, the kind of sketchy looking storyboard drawings and what they actually ended up with, he felt like it lost something, an energy, a tooth to it, like a, a kind of messy smeariness kind of thing going on. Yeah. So he really wanted that to be part of the Mesopotamians look, um, which I was completely on board for, um, you know, and we went through like a few different styles trying to figure out what the band would look like and then kind of settled on sort of like a monsterish zombie-ish vibe to it. But yeah, I would just make a point of not, you know, putting paper under my hand so it wouldn't smear. I would make a point of smearing everything when I was drawing out the characters and stuff. And we did spatters. Actually, my son had, had you know, I had I told him, make me a bunch of spatters, maybe a bunch of ink spatters on a piece of paper. And he did that and we used those throughout. So that yeah, that was that's that's one of my favorites. And that's Oh, it's such a great video. It's it's a genius, it's a brilliant song. Um yeah. my favorite scene in that again as a Beatles fan, when you have them do the Meet the Beatles cover, it's just mm -hmm. like every time I see it, it's laugh out loud funny. I can't it, it it's just a it's just a quick thing in the video, but the, I mean it, I but we did a couple know. of Beatles. We did the the one where they're jumping is also taken from yeah. Hard Day's Night. From Hard Day's Night. And we did yeah. a, a, a monkeys, a monkeys yeah. reference in there too. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's I mean that uh, you know the working with Flansburg was so great in that when he would give me notes, they made it better. Like he and he, you know, he had had much more experience doing videos and things like that, obviously, than I had at that point, you know, obviously it made a ton, but also directed his, you know, directed several videos. So, you know, he was really good about in terms of pacing and, and, you know, the idea of you just sort of, you just keep the energy up and, and then, you know, I can't, I can't remember the, the exact description, but essentially like, you know, the, the bottom line was this happens in the first act, this happens in the second act, third act, everything is crazy. Everything, yeah. like, everything just kind of falls apart. So I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I get that. So yeah, that was, you know, that was again, such a, a great experience. And I, you know, I'm assuming that it, it, he enjoyed it as well because yeah, we've been working, working together on stuff ever since, so. Yeah, well, and thanks. And, and, and then we, the fans are um, the recipients of such awesomeness. So, so you do that, so you work with all them. So in 2018, so the Instant Fan Club, you must be thinking of some other band, came around and um I, I thought we're not supposed to talk about this i don't know what you're talking about um yeah i've never heard of that but we kind of have to break oh, okay. the, the escape we have to break the rules just to do this so um 
two years ago, 2018, and of course, obviously, you guys must have worked on this before that. And that's what right. became the escape team. Now I have the calendar. I have the comic book here in my hands. Um, which tattoos, is the tattoos? Of course, yes, yes. I did not put them on. I have them saved in a bag with the calendar and where this normally sits. But I got this out when Sue said yes, so I could, you know, go back and take another look and get ready for for this. So, um, so the escape team for everybody who has said this says the escape team on the notes when we clicked on the show, and now we're a half an hour. In. Although hopefully, they might be Giants fans who are listening. Hello, they might be Giants fans. You should be listening to this. Um, so. Uh, so, so how did this go about? What is your process? Was this your idea? Did they come to you first and say like, we want to do a concept album because it's a comic book that kind of introduces the characters um, that then also live in the videos. You did all but one of the videos, right. this fitness video you didn't do. And then, um, so it lives in the videos, it lives in the songs. Um, they are all over the place. So what was the process? Did they come to you and say concept album? Or did did you pitch it to them? Because this is a short album too, so it, it it it's it's probably their shortest. I would say it's like 20, right. three twenty four out four minutes. So was the idea that these were these songs were supposed to feel like comic strips, and that's why they were so short? Or what was the what was your process? interesting thought? Um, well, my answer is none of the above of the ones oh. so far. Um, here's what here's how I recall it. Okay. So John Flansburg contacted me. Um, you know, he told me that there were the escape team or not the escape thing, the, uh, uh, instant fan club was coming up again and they wanted to do some stuff for it. So he wanted to do a series of like the monster like characters, like the kind of, uh, big daddy Roth rat fink. Rat fink. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, cool, cool. Um, and so, and at that stage, no mention of I don't think he mentioned anything about doing songs yet he may have but no mention of a comic or anything like that um just the idea of just coming up with these characters so he and I just sort of like he threw out some possible jobs we were sort of like organizing it that way okay and then you know and I came up with some myself and basically we're trying to come up with bad pun names um, just in the spirit yeah. of the, uh, you know, the rapping thing. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it would always be like, you know, the gasser or something. You know, they would always have, you know, some kind of, again, bad pun, classic bad pun names. Yeah. So that, before I drew anything, I think I had, we had just, we're making lists of bad puns. You know, there would be someone's name and then somehow it would tie into their job or what their character was. Um, you know, so it, I think repeat offender was, was <laughs> one of the first ones. Yeah, um, he's introduced first in the book comic. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It all it all coming together. That's so, right. Yeah. So I was working on those, and I was you know doing those, and I think originally he was going to do something with repeat offender that was going to be released as like a, a a teaser thing, but I don't that didn't end up happening. I don't think. But then you know basically I got them all the characters drawn. Like I, I did the. The 12 characters and he said let's do 12 characters because that way we can make a calendar and i was like oh okay yeah that sounds cool. yeah so i got all those drawn and then he said okay so you know we need a comic book you know to, to tell their story and i was like oh okay right. we do <laughs> um, i guess we do sure. you know, well and he said that we need one and you're like uh, okay basically yeah i mean what am i gonna say like no we don't what are you not yeah, yeah um so yeah i mean to me, 
well, I'm not sure if I would have done anything different, but I, I had no concept in terms of how these people fit together or, you know, what's their backstory, anything like that. You know, it was just strictly doing like, oh, you know, she's a really scary looking barber. So, you know. Jackie the Clipper. Yeah. yeah. That's as far as I thought. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, the comic book thing came up, so I had to start thinking in terms of a story, like how did these, why are these people all together? What I ended up doing was renting, because I'd never seen it, the, um, the Dirty Dozen. Oh, <laughs> nice. Because so, I knew, because like, you know, I knew that I had seen like the Wild Bunch, you know, and I, you know, I did other things like that where it's sort of like, okay, how did this group get together? What I liked about the Dirty Dozen was I knew they were all in jail to start with. Um, and so that way they didn't necessarily have to all be friends, like a group that they had palled around from the beginning. So, yeah, so I watched that. And in the beginning of the Dirty Dozen, there's a scene where the guy is coming to, to you know, to organize the Dirty Dozen, basically. And they're walking from cell to cell and, and they have little quick reports on what each person, you know, their backstory, why they're in yeah. there, what they did and everything. And so I was thinking like, okay, that's a great way to get this stuff out of the way without having to, you know, do a, a little mini comic book of each person's origin story. So that was sort of, I use that as the framework. Um, and it also played into a lot of things I like. Um, and I think Flansburg might like too, in terms of, you know, government secret projects and, you know, controlling people who were different and, you know, all these, all these yeah. nice sort of underdog qualities that we could give to the escape team, you know, beyond them just sort of being like scary, you know, creatures and figures and stuff. Um, and then after that, he had, he told me, you know, he must have mentioned the songs at some point before that, but, you know, and, but at some point it's like, so we're going to need video for each of these songs. And that's well, what I just solved the problem of not making many background stories. Now I have to make videos. for. Now you. I do all background. Yeah. They're, and they're almost <laughs> all, you know, basically like before they turned into these creatures kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, which was fun. I mean, and I really did enjoy it too. I mean, it was a challenge, but you know, that's another one where it was fun to kind of work. You know, when I did the comic book, I decided to sort of do it in the old kind of classic sort of fifties, early sixties, you know, monster comic kind of vibe to it. Um, and so I wanted to keep that, you know, for the most part in the, in the video as well, even though there's some differences in terms of, of tone and, you know, and, and, and the style that I would do it, it was still all sort of comic booky to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that, those were, that was fun to do. And it was, again, it, I think somebody had commented, I read my comments like an idiot on uh, YouTube when videos go up. I get uh, it. <laughs> you know, usually the they might be giant ones aren't so bad. Usually they're not so mean. Right. Uh, but someone was saying something like, we had, yeah, we had done like three or four of them and, and someone had commented like, these stories are all so sad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they're all, it, they're all right. They're all tragic, and I have questions about that too. So I agree. They're sad, but not um, not hopeless. Those are different things. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that the characters are sad for the most part, but it's it's definitely they got they got a bad you know deal of the hands there. One hundred percent. Yeah. But and yeah, then that that was the other thing with the comic too was coming up with the idea that there was one event that that took place 
that made them all, you know, mutated. Singularity. Yeah. 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 And I like that the bad guy was a Mr. Brand is his name. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Bland, I think. Bland, Mr. Bland. Yeah. And yeah. he's got like, you know, the big quaffed Johnny Bravo kind of look. Um, Some might say Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan is definitely what he looks like, um, for sure. So I have to say, um, so I've got my I've got my book here in front of us, so I can just just take a look. The Mister Mister Sci Fly, honestly, every time that makes me laugh so hard because you just took the original concept of the monster, the fly, and then Cronenberg's fly, and you were just like, that's what his origin story is, but in reverse that a mad scientist, and it's Spider-Man a little, mad scientist bit the fly, and now he's Dr. Sci-Fly. So yep. what was, I mean, what, did, had you just recently seen like the Goldblum Brundle fly, and you were like? No, I had seen it when it came out. I mean, I had yeah. definitely seen, as a child I saw, I think I saw Revenge of the Fly or whatever it was, like the second fly movie, I think I saw. The fly before. with Eric Stoltz, the fly too, the son of the No, no, there was like the old one. There was one in the- Oh, the old, oh, like, Return, yeah. Re was yeah, Return, Return of the Fly, yeah. yeah. Return of the Fly, yeah. 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 Yeah, that one I think I had seen more often. So I mean, I, you okay. know, so I'm very aware of the fly. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, I had seen. I didn't see the. I didn't see the. I didn't know there was a sequel to the, the Cronenberg one. Uh, oh, it's not I good. But I mean, you should. I mean, look, it. it I watched it. <laughs> it wasn't good. <laughs> it was their son. It was the son, Gina Davis, and oh, okay. son. Um, they get, didn't get any of the characters to come back, so they were like, "Yep, yeah, it was not great." Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, that, but yeah, the, the thing where he was, where Jeff Goldblum would like sort of spit out the acid on his food and stuff, to eat yeah. it, that stuck with me a lot. And then it, also there was an episode of The Simpsons where Bart oh. became a fly. It was one of their Treehouse of Horror ones. Oh, Treehouse of Horror, sure, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So was there any of them, so you came up with all, like, so you said you guys came up with puns and then were you in Flansburg? than creating the backgrounds or is that left totally to you um, basically left in my in my lap um they, did they read this then write the songs i don't think well yeah i think they had seen like basically i was doing like little quick story outlines for everybody like a paragraph for each person um i think dr sci-fly was the first one i did just because i thought it was a funny it's so one. funny oh my god it's it, hysterical. You know, yeah go the other way um yeah mild-mannered fly just minding its own business <laughs> suddenly <laughs> bitten by a mad doctor um so but yeah i just kind of came up with like little ones and would send them off to to flansburg and i think he would show them to, to linnell as well um and I, I i think there were some adjustments to some extent but yeah basically we just kind of locked into some basic stories um, at that point, that may have still been just for the calendar, because we do oh, okay. have like a little, you know, like a yep, little. I have, it's a little, yeah. It's 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 in my drawer. It's just right. like this. Yeah, it's a pocket size, not pocket size, but it's a what do they call it? Like a yeah. desk size calendar. Desk size. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's why I had originally done those, and then yeah, we adapted those into the story. But yeah, that you know, but it again, it wasn't. It didn't seem to really reflect in the songs like i i feel like for the most part they just sort of took a look at the character and just like well what's what would be this person's what's a song about this person you know because like for example the uh, you know the jackie the clipper one you know i had the story at that point that she was you know a failed 
you know, barber and was, was practicing her wear inside, you know, like a, a room and, you know, it did, it just her body, you know, at that point, I think I had to go back and add all the radioactive stuff because I didn't know oh, the unifying that thing. was sure. Um, but yeah, so she ended up turning into this thing. But then when Linnell wrote the song, it's just, again, a, a kind of a sad <laughs> song, you know, about what she used to be like before and everything. And, you know, it, and you can tell that obviously something bad happened and, you know, it, uh, you know, came up with the idea of it being like a police interrogation kind of thing, like, you know, it, interviewing the guy, what happened. So, it, you know, it, you know, what the song wasn't like, well, she was a bad barber and then she went, right. you know, it, 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 it you know, he, he definitely touched on it a little bit, but that was not, you know, the main thing. And same with like the Flansburg ones as well. You know, it, I feel like they just sort of ran wild with it, which was great, you know. Well, right. And so, so I guess before I get to that, well, no, I'll just go there. I'll ask the other question in a second. So, so because you made the comic, you create the characters, you make the comic, they make the videos or they make the songs, then you make the videos. So it's this weird um, cyclical thing of right. having to then revisit the characters that you've turned back over to them. Um, and so then you do the art and direct the videos too. Right. So, so then and these were very sort of like low budget videos that I did for these. I'm going to link to the whole playlist. Okay. We'll play out which, which of them is your favorite. We'll have that song play at the end. Oh, I got to pick my favorite kid. I mean, uh, song we'll say, it doesn't have to be your favorite character. Which of the songs yeah, have no, to be your favorite? It might, it might be Jackie the Clipper, actually. I really it's my like favorite. It. It's my okay, favorite on there. I hear, yeah, okay. Then if, if, if either of them get mad at me, then it's your fault. It's my fault. We're going to end. So on the way out, Jackie the Clipper, um, that'll be the, the end music. Um, but that's my favorite. That's my favorite on there. I think it's because of the, it drives and you cannot get, it's, it is such a mind worm of, of that whole album. It, and it's the first song too, but it's like, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, there's so many of their songs are mindworms, but but that one in particular on that album, that was the one that was just like, I I, I come back. To well, it, yeah, it has all the nice, yeah, all the elements you want in a in a they might be giant song sort of where it's, you know, it's got the little little intro part and then it is you know pure pop kind of yeah. you know great kind of '60s vibe throughout it, and then the parts where they're he's like not taking a space you know between the lyrics, there'll be like a little. A little run-on sentence thing in there that, that I always enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Seeing seeing them do it live too, which I'm you obviously you were a fan before you got to know them. So um, I don't know if know. I've seen it. I don't think I've seen them do any of those songs. The time that no, I haven't either. But to see them oh, okay. do anything live, like you're right. oh yeah, that, the way it's like they're they're um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I saw them uh, maybe two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, right at on the My Murdered Remains album, and I don't know if they did any escape. Team I yeah, I saw them around the same time. I mean, I yeah. saw them, they came to Rochester and I, you know, they had done some stuff off my murder, murder remains, but yeah, they hadn't done, I don't think they did any of the... I don't think so yet either. Yeah, because they did, that was when they were doing the two, they didn't have the opening act, they did the two... Right, two parts. Yeah. They come out, then they were all hits. The second half was all verified. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, okay. That's what they said. That, well, that's what Flansburg said when I saw them. I mean... Yeah, yeah. The, the trip. That's probably yeah. Um, so, so anyway, so, so you have to go full circle. So how did you feel about um, then reanimating them um, in a different, I mean, they still look the way that you originally created them, but now they're doing different things. What is that process? I mean, you're, you're an illustrator who, who you said you've only come into animation. I mean, not 
not like yesterday, but more, you know, you said, what's 20 years ago now, but still 20 yeah, years ago. Yeah. But, but you obviously, right. You'd been doing illustration. So, so that process of, of taking something that you didn't design to be animated, something you designed to be static. Now you have to, and I'm sure when you like, I'm going to do a cartoon. So you think about what those characters look like. Um, in your original drawings, I mean, like, uh, repeat offender, he's got all those, <laughs> those eyes and everything. So we were like, well, if I knew I was going to make a video, maybe I wouldn't make him have. <laughs> Exactly. Well, there was, yeah, there was a lot of that where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, you can't fight the creative process. I mean, right. it's, you know, it's, it's, I mean, especially with those two, like they were writing those songs when they could, you know, right. like it, they didn't give me like a batch of all the songs. I think they gave me a batch of like maybe two or three or something, but then they were just like, okay, we got to come up with some more, um, you know, which is why uh, Repeat Offender didn't make it on the album. The, the actual song because it just was too late like they just ran out of time um but yeah i mean it's i think the first video i did was dr sci-fly okay um and that was one where you know flansburg was saying like hey we have to make these like kind of quick and cheap and it's like okay cool um and so that's one where the where i basically just essentially like one drawing that kind of just scrolls across the screen to, to kind of tell the whole story. Yeah. Um, you know, which was really, f I mean, when he, I think he suggested that. And I was like, like it, it's like a one shot. It's like a one take in a movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, what I liked about it, I mean, what was hard about it, but what I also liked about it is it's one of those random chance things where when the, you know, cause it's going the same speed all the way across. Like it's not like it speeds up or slows down. So every now and then it seems like the song is referring to a part of the drawing and that's strictly chance. That's strictly. Oh, really? That's yeah. amazing. I would not have known that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there's so many happy accidents like that when you do something along those lines. Yeah. Well, and I feel like the, um, the basketball video is the same thing. The Duncan, yeah. I feel like that video in the song, I was that, so with that one was the video more, did you do that intentionally or was that too another happy accident where the Duncan video the, it's the that one I controlled a little bit more that one I, okay. would, I would break up a touch where there would be like individual scenes and things like that so I could say like okay there's part here where it's you know this kind of talks of, well I can't remember now maybe there wasn't that much here's the other thing the they might be giants really like you in their videos to avoid the see say thing. yeah oh absolutely yeah yeah so, that contest every year where they have people in the, the right. uh, can't keep Johnny down, that one that's in reverse. Yeah, yeah. I, that's actually, to me, and it's funny that I know that they do avoid the say all the time, except in the the little kids ones. Although, never go to work. I mean, that it's different with those, obviously. Right, right. But, um, but I actually think if you can't keep Johnny down, um, that video is perfect for that song. Like, I can't imagine. I've seen some of the other entries. But I was like, no, I get why they, because... It isn't a C say, but that is exactly what that song is. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, if you can, you're capturing the mood, not the lyrics. You know. Correct. Right? Yes. So that's. I mean, that's that's always the challenge. And every now and then, I'll there'll be a point where it's like, I gotta show this though. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta hit this. I mean, it, and at that point, sometimes it's just a matter of not showing it exactly when they say it. Sure. Like you can right. show it beforehand or after or something like that. You know. But yeah, that's always a challenge. And the, you know, I, I think maybe the, 
I think Jackie the Clipper was the second one I worked on. And again, that's another one where it, I was exploring ways to do it as simple as possible. And that's, a, that's one where it's essentially still images that we're kind of zooming in and zooming out on, um, which I think of as my David Fincher uh, version of the, of the video. <laughs> Nice. I just went all mood and just yep. slowly, slowly creeping in. Yep. Yeah. Which is funny too, because that song is such a driver. It's, it's, it bangs. Yeah. Right. And it's nothing. Yeah. I mean, I almost went the opposite direction with the video right. where it's such a slow reveal for these things and stuff, you know? Yeah. And the Chip to Chip video. And I like Chip. So Chip and Flo, you made them as siblings. Um, I love the Way Chip after the Chip. fact. Oh, that was after the fact. Yeah, well, I mean, it was after they were done. Like, all those drawings were done. Nothing had come out yet. But, oh, like, okay. all the drawings were done. And then, yeah, I think that came from me just trying to figure out backstories. Okay. And I knew that I wanted her to sort of be, like, an outlaw character. And I knew, you know, he was Chip the Chip, obviously. That's, that's mm -hmm. the, you know, the purest pun we do in there, probably. It's, right. It's on the, not, could not be more on the nose. Right? Yep, yep. So, yeah, I just wanted to figure out a way where they could connect somehow or why they're, you know, because if the team has got to get together, what, you know, it wouldn't be a, a, a well, I guess it could be. That happened in uh, uh, Birds of Prey. A cop teamed up with a criminal. That's all right. Right. That's right. But that's, at, at the yeah. time, my thinking was like, I think it's, it's more interesting, I think, if they're, if they're siblings who went down different paths, kind of, you know. Yeah. Because she saves him in the comic. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. not, which is delightful. So, so the, so the videos kind of happen before we meet them, like before they get captured while they're out in the world. Mostly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, like Dr. Sci-Fly, well, yeah, that's probably before they get captured, yeah. Right, so it ends, the comic book ends, where they're the escape team, which is their name, because now they've escaped. Right. Um, and it ends, and it's only a one issue. Um, so, so this is the question I was gonna ask, so I'll ask now, and it'll be a two-part. How long was this process? Because they seem to be able to, to write songs. I mean, there was what, two years ago, they did a new dial a song every week. Uh, right, right. Just bananas. And then- and that's what these were a part of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right, that was part of this. This was that yeah. same year. So, so what was your time frame from beginning to end? And then is there talk in the 21, 2021 or 2022 um, Instant Fan Club bringing back the escape team? Not that I've heard. Um, <laughs> at one point, there was a some mention of it, but I nothing really. And you know, in terms of like a comic or something, but yeah, it didn't really turn into anything. I don't think. I think they're they're you know going with a whole different vibe on the you know the the new one that's coming up, um, which I can't talk about obviously because I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, are you doing yeah. some of the videos for that though? Uh, I don't know. I don't know yet. Oh, we don't know. It's all a secret. Yeah, I know. I really don't know. This one I'm not even. Oh, genuinely don't know. Okay, but the way you said it made me feel like, oh, he knows, but he can't. That's the beauty of it. Just like I don't know. I genuinely, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean the yeah the time frame. You know they. I mean I think that's partially also why they haven't put out anything new in a while because they just really exhausted themselves putting out that many songs. You know, and then they toured for like 18 straight months. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, they, they had a sort of, I guess they're working on an album now, apparently. That's what, that's what I've heard. I've, I've already got the new, I've signed up for the new Instant Fan Club. I got the yeah. download of the Asbury Park concert. Um, so it's official. I'm real. I will get go. my stuff later. I, mean, I, I signed up as well. Yeah. So we're in on the first, there's only 5,000 this year. So we're, we're two, two of, two of the many. 
but um yeah so right they mentioned a new album there but yeah so what was the so did you like so they approached you in 2017 and you had this done by 2018 was it further back was this a couple years I yeah it it came out in 2018 is that correct yeah early 2018 is when the comic came out yeah yeah I had worked on it um I mean I'm a I'm a pretty slow comic book illustrator um just because I'm not used to the to doing them sure there's always a point when I'm doing it where I'm just like this is like six illustrations for one page you know right so (laughs) I mean, you know, I get a little whiny at points. Yeah, um, get it. So yeah, I, you know, and obviously in this one, I had to write it first and then sort of, you know, like lay the whole thing out and break it down. Um, and I did go a little shortish with it, sort of. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember how many pages I ended up with, but I, I think I went for the uh, the minimum. It's maybe 20, but then there's also the excellent ads in the back. There we go, yeah. Yep. Just Which, fantastic, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the wording of those ads Flansberg came up with, Oh, did he? Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah. Those are really funny. Because I had done like a, you know, like a rough one or something. And he was just like, how about something like this? I'm just like, oh, that's so much better. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, what, he really uh, channeled the, uh, the writing style of comic books, comic book ads from the 60s. They really uh, did. It really, it really nails it. Yeah. Yeah. And you can tell that he read them all, you know, much like I did. You're just like, this sounds interesting. Oh, what a tank. Yeah. I get a tank. I'll get that. I'll totally... <laughs> 20 bucks, send again, right, yep. without a doubt. That's cool, so it was about a year, you'd say? Oh, I think I probably worked on the comic book for maybe four months or something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, I think that whole year I was working on this stuff, because I think I did the initial um, repeat offender illustration. I had done that toward the end of 2017, I think. And then the beginning part of that year was me just sort of, figuring out and drawing and, and, you know, doing the coloring and everything on all the other characters. Um, you know, and there's some who didn't make it in, some, some got caught. As that happens. There's a B team out there somewhere. Of, uh, <laughs> That's right. They'll be the ones. The like, B team. Is fight them. That'll be the next yeah. comic. Yeah. Right. The escape good. team versus the, the bench warmer, the, those who got cut. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be, there you go. I'd, I'd yeah. be all in on that. I mean, there's a lot of us, I mean, seriously, and I don't know how they would feel about it. I mean, you own the character, sort of. I mean, I know it's a joint thing, but I mean, if you if you said to them, if you called them up and were like, hey, I want to do Escape Team 2, another comic, I don't right. sell it on Idlewild, they wouldn't say no, I assume. Um, I don't know. Yeah, probably not. I mean, if I wanted to do it, they'd probably do it. I mean, they'd yeah. have, the problem is they would have to pay for it to be printed. Right. Yeah, well... And the, and the and honestly, that's why I asked if you did all the coloring too, because this is such a bright book, and and the paper is super high quality. This yeah. it's funny you guys put a twelve cent. Um, price <laughs> it was me. Well, which is funny, but it's like if 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 you aren't in the fan club, it's fifteen bucks. Rightfully so. Honestly, it's so pretty, and it's it reminds me of the comics from like um, the mid eighties. The back it was called Baxter paper. Remember, and they. Right. Like, 48 pager instead of a 23 or 24 pager and they'd be on that really heavy and that was like that was when ooh you're paying 250 for a comic that's insane and now every comic's 399 which is part of me wanted it to be on the old newsprint sort of just because that's that's what I grew up with yeah no I really it's it's a high quality thing I'm I'm very pleased to to own it and should there ever be a time where the COVID ends and I know you'll be at a place one day you'll see me in real life and I'll have this and I will 
There we go. Beg for your signature. I will happily sign it. It's so cool. It's such a great book. And um, it's such a great story. And to me, the reason I reached out to you for this, for my show, because like I said, so I generally do like deep dives into stuff. And um, I love indie comics. I love, I write for DC Comics News and I do reviews for, for DC Comics and I read Marvel comics, of course. But the thing about independent comics and independent music, they might be giants owning, you know, their own record label and doing that for years. I don't know when they, I don't know enough to know when they quit doing major label stuff, but Idlewild Records is their own thing. Yeah, uh, I think it was maybe after John Henry, I think it was there. Was last. it after John Henry? Yeah, okay. So. Well, that was when the, I saw the John Henry tour and that was when there was the first tour with the Band of Dance when, um, right. band, but when Marty wasn't in the band yet. And yeah. um, that was the first time they toured with the band. Yeah, and um, which was amazing. You know, I just, it's I just such great music. But because it's indie music, they can get away with whatever they want. And with indie comics, the fact that you didn't really have to worry you're your own editor other than Flansburg sound yeah. being you know being pretty involved he's like well let's tweak this whatever it, it has this opportunity to tell a story and you said one person um commented these are sad and and that was and I agree and this is the, the thing for me is they're not without hope these are all it ends with a with an escape literally it's called the escape team and only one of them only flow is really kind of a villain the rest of them are are victims of circumstance and and we can all in our minds imagine you know what happens to them so so what was the line for you as a creator to tell a story that was sort of tragic but also um you have a big turn i won't give it away for people who haven't read it there's a big surprise right. uh, two-thirds of the way there's a turn in the middle of the comic book so what was your idea what was you know the scripting of these characters i know you just kind of created them but once you put them together um was there any of them where you were like trying to tell a story of your own life or or is there a deeper message or is this just supposed to be like this is something weird and fun and go have fun with it. don't look too deep at it. probably more the latter yeah um i mean i will say that you know i didn't set out thinking like well this is a tragedy you know that this is you know this is, this is a very sad story but i think that that comes like i feel like that comes out in a lot of my stuff like i yeah. i have not that i i'm super dark but I'm also not super light. Like it's, it's, I like there to be a little bit of a, an edge to it or a little bit of, you know, just because it's sort of the thing where you, you're taking these characters serious enough that you would picture them how they would deal in the real world. And, you know, obviously the real world would not be opening up their arms, you know, to welcome them in probably. So I think, but again, I don't think it was a conscious effort on my part i mean that's a lot of my stuff where even the illustration someone will say to me like oh i noticed on this you did this to represent this it's like oh yeah you caught that and they're like oh. <laughs> well see and that's the thing i interviewed uh, kelly sue DeConnick on here and and that was one thing i said to her was um you know when you have the creator on it's like i'm sitting here thinking well here's what i think it means and then the creator's like Meh. uh you know and she had said kind of like what you said well you know it's it's if like if you see it it's there it can mean what you need it to mean right and um and that that's the beautiful thing about it like you've released it to us we have it the five thousand of us who got it through the fan club with the rest of the people who you know who have bought it at shows or whatever um you know i think i think there's something to that though like it, um they're all victims of circumstance right and i think there's a commentary there for me and again whether this was intentional or not because you did a comic book most comic book characters 
very few. My favorite Robin is Tim Drake, and he's the only one like who chose to be Robin. The rest of them are victims of circumstances. Right. Um, he's such a hopeful, bright, shining star in the dark Batworld, where every you know Batgirl Barbara she chooses to be Batgirl, but most of them are like victims of circumstance, and so they have to fight crime. Like Superman's an alien who just happened to land here. Right. He didn't want to be here. Um, so there's a tragic element to all of these all of these characters, right? That that they're victims of circumstance, then how do they choose what to do? So, so I kind of, and I think because you went to that, um, the monsters, like the universal monster thing, like the fly, is right. a tragic character. You're Mr. Yep. Sci-Fly. He's way more tragic than even the, the fly in the original monster movie or Cronenberg's fly, because, you know, Jeff Goldblum's a dick in that. I mean, he's not, right. he's not. He did it to himself. Like, yeah. He really did, yeah. You know, he's really terrible. Um, but there's a lot of humanity to these like really inhuman characters and you really went out of your way to make them as freaky looking as possible. But then they're so, they are sad and tragic. And I, and I, right. to me, there's a commentary on the way that comic book characters and superheroes kind of get their, or their origin stories are all tragic. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and again, it may have been sort of subconscious, but that's, you know, Marvel was my comic. Growing yeah. up. And it doesn't seem like anybody has an easy ride, you know, in terms of the Marvel superheroes, like they no. all had, you know, personal problems going on or aspects of them being a superhero that, you know, Spider-Man's the classic of, you know, yeah. it's always, it's, 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 you know, a double-edged sword, him being a, a superhero. So it's probably always in the back of my mind. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the, you know, going back to the videos briefly, yeah, the, you know, part of the reason that we ended up doing so many sort of backstories before they turned into the creatures was it was just like the idea of seeing them, you know, cause I was trying to make them as horrific as possible and kind of like that, that, uh, you know, like Basil Wolverton kind of old mad magazine, like all warts and, and pimples and everything. Yeah. Uh, bad teeth that there were times where you're like, do we want to see them for the whole video? Do we? <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's tone it down a little. Yeah. yeah. We just, yeah, let's, I mean, and even, yeah, I mean, again, it's, they're still pretty sad, you know, like the, um, the Bernice one is still, you know, I think that may have been the one where someone said like, oh, so that's when the bomb went off. These are all really sad. (laughs) Yeah. But she's the hero later. We find out. Yeah. Yeah. I like Bernice a lot. I mean, again, she's very scrappy. She's, uh, she is. Oh yeah. Don't mess. Don't mess with any of them. I mean, that's the thing about it. Like I said, if you, if one were to want to, you know, I think there's, a, to me, as a comic book fan, and as a They Might Be Giants fan and a fan of you, I would love to see more. I, under, I also understand. You're like, well, that was a thing. It was a concept. Not right. everything needs a sequel, right? Right. Sometimes you can, we can just let that happen in our own well, I mean, for me, anyway, sometimes I just need some time. It's like... Sure. <laughs> you know, say, like, you know, when women have a child, they're like, never again. And then after a couple of years, like, oh, man. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe, yeah. Well, you have two, so obviously. That's right. Well, I mean, I didn't have to do the childbirth part. Right, that's true. No, that's absolutely true. Yes, she made that choice. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Listen, I, I could go. I mean, to me, this is when I told my wife, I was like, oh, my God. She is. She knows what a fan I am of They Might Be Giants and of you and of this, this universe that you've, that you've lived in. And um, I can't thank you enough for giving me an hour of your time oh, to do my this. Pleasure. My pleasure. My um, pleasure. It did. It did. Um, and I, I mean, I, I have more questions, but I also have to be respectful of everybody listening and of you and it's the middle of the day for both of us. So I'm sure we both probably need to go back to work. So, the, um, obviously I'll link to your website. 
um, okay. right? And to your kids' stuff, if that's okay, right? Sure, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and um, in your, I know on your website, there's all the different links to everything. So um, the animation site has links to different videos. So Skitterville's on there somewhere too, right? No, Skitterville, um, Skitterville didn't make the cut. Skitterville didn't pass uh, uh, the, the focus groups. Oh, it never even made it. Is yeah. it? Oh, yeah. okay. okay. And actually the, the voice of the, the main character in there, the Caterpillar, uh, was done by Neil Patrick Harris. No way. Well, the world. Again, you've got a whole treasure trove of stuff that nobody gets to see. That well, we I feel like they should just put it out. And now that you know we have YouTube now, just put it out there. Right, right. I mean, people love people love Neil Patrick Harris. I know, and and you know, they might be giants to the theme song, maybe or maybe not. And uh, but they, they didn't end up doing it. Now. Actually, the theme song was sung by the guy, the the lead singer of the Spin Doctors. No way. <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I know. Wow, what a show. That sounds. That sounds fantastic. Um, well, is there any, so you do commissions, you do portraits. I, I do, yep. Uh, yep. So how does that work for people if they're interested in having a portrait done? David okay. Hunter? Well, yeah, they just contact me. They figure out how much, which, which method they want, if they want a painting or a, a digital, you know, computer drawn one. And then generally they just send me like a few pictures, you know, if they want themselves or if they want somebody else, give me like say three images of them. So it's, so I get a, a range of what they look like. Yeah. Then I sketch and either, they like it or they don't, and we go from there. That's amazing. Wow. So people, and you, so on your website, that's why I'm going to, that's going to be the big link, because you can get, you can see all your stuff, which you're just letting us see for free. There's links to all your videos. You can buy some of your prints there. You sign, you'll sign them and send them yep. to. Sign them and send them up. That's amazing. Um, and if people don't have the escape team, uh, first of all, thanks for listening this far. And second of all, um, you really should. It's so good. It's such a fun thing. And it's, for me, it's, again, it's the perfect mesh of all media and it's what independent comics, independent music and independent art is about and why I focus on indie comics. Well, you know, we all like mainstream. We like, you know, whatever. You know, we like the Beatles and we like big mainstream pop songs too, but there's something about They Might Be Giants and the work that you do with them and your artwork, you know, that, that needs place. And the fact that Rat Fink was the inspiration for this whole thing, um, I haven't covered that, but I feel like now that we've talked about it, I probably should um do a go back and do a deep dive the oldest i've gone is um to pep comics which is like where archie first appeared yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um and the fly right and, and it was in the original pep comics so we've covered some of those old-timey heroes but i feel like this this makes me want to go back so i, I can't thank you enough dave this was such oh, an honor well, I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you like the comic because uh... i'm it, but it, i do i love it and i love the videos and it's just it is such a um, it's just a delight for me and, and uh, to geek out with you for an hour. It's oh, my pleasure. So that was the show, everybody. I appreciate Dave more than I will ever be able to, I'll never be able to repay him. Uh, this was honestly a great time. He is a hero of mine. They may be giants or heroes of mine. This is just a great uh, day for me. So uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, please follow me on Twitter at Tricycle Boombox. That's, that's where the best way to get hold of me. Although if you're not on Twitter and you're listening to this, that's totally fine. Go to my website, arfarina.com. You can send me a message there. You can get links to all the podcasts from everybody else on the podcast network. We've got a bunch of shows on Comics in Motion. Really, really the most important thing you can do for us, please, 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 is you can rate and review the show on your podcast catcher. The more we get, the better it is for us. The more audience we get, the longer we get to do this and bring you great content, bring you great guests like David Coles. What is going on? 
Um, so as we discussed in the show, we've decided to end with both of our favorite song from the Escape Team album. Here is Jackie the Clipper. See you next time. That's an old photo, but yes, it's her. I'll tell you what I already told the cops. You better write this down. I don't want to repeat it. After we're done here, I prefer to forget the name of Jackie the Clipper. I used to know her well as well as someone ever could know her. Mine like a zipper, haunting her heart while she was holding. Bye.